Welcome to From Zero to Millions, Accounting Edition. I am Bilal Mihana. And I'm Kelly Roars. We're here to share our wealth of knowledge on running a public accounting firm. Whether you're a seasoned CPA, an aspiring accountant, or a business owner seeking financial guidance, join us for valuable insights and practical advice. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of From Zero to Millions Accounting Edition. Today's episode is me, Kelly Roars, and my partner here, Bilal Mihanna. Good morning. Good morning. It's morning here. Might not be morning when you're listening, but uh, we are ready to talk about setting goals. And what does that look like for your firm? Maybe even we can touch a little bit personally, maybe discuss some of our goals that we've met this year, different metrics to look at in order to set those goals. And there's a lot to unpack today. I agree 100%. This time of the year where you're doing tax clients, basically setting goals for your clients for next year, what kind of planning you want to do this year to help them pay less taxes. And then I think also this time a year where you look at your client's forecast for next year, revenue-wise, potential tax liability. So all those things you do for your clients, but don't forget to do for yourself. Tax plan for yourself, growth setting for yourself, and the firm, and where you want to be. I think always looking forward on, on where your firm wants to be helps you prepare for being proactive in your firm by hiring talents, by getting clients, and so on and so forth. Yeah, I think a lot of times it's like the shoemaker's shoes, right? We're always helping our own clients and making sure that they reach their goals. But a lot of accounting firms just get stuck in the day-to-day And they forget that we are important too. You have to take care of your house. And if you don't take care of your house, nothing's going to work. And I think, like I said, a lot of accounting firms nowadays just do things the way that they've always been done. And they don't realize, hey, maybe we're at capacity. Maybe our goal for next year should be hiring more staff. Or maybe one of our goals should be firing clients. It doesn't have to be all about money and grow. 100%. And like knowing those things, that knowing your data and preparing for next year gives you more clarity. I think clarity is important in your firm. Just like having a, a client that the, the unorganized, their books is, is, is not clean and you have to all do all those things and you don't like those type of clients because you, you can't see clarity. You can't do tax planning with them. You can't mm-hmm. do forecasts and cash flow for them, all those things for them. Because the, their books are not clean, they don't apply to you. So all this is to look at yourself as a firm. Where do you stand? Your staff, your how many clients you have. All those things matter in your firm. Revenue per client matters. You have to look at leverage per client. You have to look at your team. How many team members? How many? Uh, what's your your team look like? And how many clients do they serve? What's the client per revenue look like? And if uh, uh, they have max capacity, but then do they need more clients to be profitable? Do you have, if you have a team of three working on 20 clients, 
how much revenue are they bringing in per year? Is it worth it? Do you, mm-hmm. do you need to double up those uh, to 40 clients? Now, all these things matter. So when you are looking at that and you look at how many new clients do I get per year? How many clients do I lose per year? Right? How many clients do I fire per year? Those things matter because if you don't, if you're not proactive, you're not prepared, what will happen down the line, your quality of service goes down and clients might leave you. Absolutely. And you might get bad clients because you are getting, you're losing their clients and you, you have to get, sign up any clients to place the data, the revenue, and then you end up hiring or bringing on bad clients that will make the firm all bad. So. Those things, uh, uh, as you prepare the goals for next year, as you prepare the what you need to do next year, you have to have good data in your firm to know the nuances, right? Like Kelly, as as far as you go, well, what do you do in your firm on a year-to-year basis to prepare for the goal for next year? That's a great question. As I've shared on previous episodes, I have had a lot of growth over the last couple of years. And I actually just pulled my own financials to tell you my revenue from 22 to 23 grew 58%. Wow. Which is a really, it's a crazy number and I'm proud of it. And it's great, but moving forward to next year, I'm not sure if I want 58% growth Like I am more right now, we're compiling a list outside of our billing software. As most of you know, too, I also use Ignition. Love it. It's great. It has a lot of information in it, but we're running a custom spreadsheet. Gotta love accountants and their spreadsheet. And we're taking a look at whose fees maybe need to increase. Maybe a client, like you said, what's the revenue per client versus the amount of time that we spent on each client? And who's maybe going to go on an A, B, or C list? And by C list, maybe see you later. So we're looking at all of these different metrics. And interestingly enough, I am reading the book right now by Jim Collins. And it is called Good to Great. And in this book, he has said, it if your revenue growth, continues to be higher than your staff growth rate, then it's unsustainable. So I think that's That's the point where I'm at. It's I'm looking at who do I need next? I had put an ad out there on LinkedIn and indeed I was looking for a senior accountant. And as we know, the market is tough. So I may be pivoting And not hiring a full-time person in addition to the staff that I have now. And I'm looking at different ways to fill the gaps where I need it most. Because I'm looking for a unicorn like everybody else is. I want somebody who's great at tax. I want somebody who's great at keeping books. Listen, if you're out there, you want a job, hit me up. We know that there's not a lot of people out there. It's their pigeonholed in a corporate environment, or maybe they only do tax and they're not that great at bookkeeping. I want somebody who's going to check all the boxes. And not only that, but we have a lot of, I don't want to say busy work, but like we have a lot of clerical work that needs to be done too with spreadsheets. I think for me, I'm looking at hiring a virtual assistant 
also having some of my contractors increase their hours in what they're good at. So I've had a little, we've looked at everything. And I think that this shift may be the best part. And my revenue growth, I think my, the number will be a lot lower than from 22 to 23. Because you want to first get the front, the good talent in the door and then increase it's in marketing, advertising. Like, I think a lot of firms are facing this issue. My, me, myself, my firm, we're growing, same as you, similar to your growth. And we had, this year we hired managers. We let go managers because they came in and tax knowledge was not great. The bookkeeper product knowledge was not great. But okay, at least something has to give. If your tax knowledge is great, perfect. We can teach you and help you learn the, the bookkeeping side of, it, of the business. But the work ethic wasn't there. Work ethic wasn't there. The education wasn't there. Same to, to your situation. We're talking with this year. We're not going to grow as fast. And we don't want to grow as fast. And I believe from, from the way I set up my firm, I get a lot of organic clients through referrals. I like, mm-hmm. And I can turn on a mach- marketing machine and get 30, 40, 50 clients next, you know, high rate. But like, I had to find my first good talent first. I had to get my good tax senior account in the door, or the tax manager in the door first before I tried. Now I can go ahead and get more clients. And that's the biggest factor I'm facing now. Now, for a lot of firms that are growing, the worry situation last year, for example, or have a team already placed that they have capacity in their firm that want to grow. In my mind, the things that, you know, for me, the way I look at, and I think we're growing without staff or, or, or needing staff or growing that you have staff already have capacity. I think you have to look at start KPIs in your firm and see, especially if you have max, what should I look for next year? And I think this year, you have to look at your client per, revenue per client. And then as you get more clients next year, organically, through referrals and stuff like that, now you can like say, you want my um, average client per year is $12,000. Next year, the average client I want is $18,000 or $15,000. Are you saying that we shouldn't be bringing on 1040 or just an individual client for $500 no, a year? That's, no, <laughs> that's the question. <laughs> you want to focus on is quality, high quality clients. Mm-hmm. Period. I get a lot throughout the year 1040 clients. I want to do 1040. My price triples right away because if they want, but I don't want them. So sometimes mm-hmm. I say, no, we don't do 1040 clients. And then they persist or they come through a friend. My price goes up way high because I, I don't want 1040 clients. So Definitely not do a for clients at all if you are if you maxed out capacity. If you have capacity in your firm, you have staff. Now you look at okay, if I have a, a tax manager, a senior and staff working on clients, how many clients are they working on? Let's say you pay the senior, the staff, uh, the, the manager, the staff, a senior and the staff combined, let's say two hundred grand, okay, for the year. You need at least nine hundred grand of revenue. They're bringing in three times that, right? Is what happens that you nine hundred thousand minus 
$300,000, leaves your $600,000 with a firm overhead at 20%, leaves you with what you were working on as profits. Now, the type of staff you need to work on, right? Now, with outsourcing staff overseas, Philippines, India, I think firms, in my mind, right? I was hesitant before, but now with shortage in the USA, you get you can't get good talent. You can't get good people with good work ethic, and you have to pay them for so much more to come in and do only minimum. Like I had a person reach out to me because I put a post on LinkedIn for a senior account. She has she worked two years at Deloitte, and she did uh, only international tax. 1040s, okay? And she worked now two years at a local firm doing everything else. Her demand was 120 plus overtime, okay? Like she wanted a bunch, 120 plus overtime. So basically, she only has two years of experience working on business. Only international tax. She has two years of international tax, worked at Axpest 1040. And two years basically working on everything else. Mm-hmm. Right? So like 1120S. Four years. Partnerships. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bookkeeping, stuff like that. It's just two years of that. So if I give her clients, okay, to do tax planning or to do manage the clients and answer questions, all the stuff, she might not have the full knowledge of people doing that because Let's say I get a client from California and they ask about PTE or from Texas or from not Texas, but New York or whatever. Like she doesn't have that full knowledge that she said to do research answers on the stuff, right? And you're gambling on that, paying her 120 and she wants overtime pay. So now you ended up paying her 120 plus payroll tax, plus benefits, plus overtime to get, make it to 160, 170. Real That's why you pay a senior, senior tax manager. That has 15 years experience, 10 plus years experience. Yeah, not a four year. Right? Makes half and half four years uh, experience. So now the, the, the value has, the prices went up so high. So now either you increase your price so fast, so high that your clients might leave you, or you look at other situations. Because you have to figure out how much my overhead looked like. That knowing the data, knowing your overhead, Knowing the uh, revenue per client, knowing revenue per team, okay, knowing the churn rate you have. So how how many people you bring in per year versus how many people leave? Uh, You can do that. And I'm sure a lot of time for firms, depends on on, an average return per per client. My firm is not built on that. So I don't know much about that for firms, Mm -hmm. but my firm is built on business return. On business clients. We do the bookkeeping, we do the tax return, we do some tax planning and advisory. So in, in a way, my firm, we look at, okay, my average client per firm per year is about 30, 1400 bucks a month. So give or take, that's about $15,000 a year. Okay. Now, the clients I want next year Okay, well, the clients I've been getting this year are averaging 18,000 and up. Mm-hmm. That's three, four clients I got a few a few months ago, about 
500 bucks a month. Now, because I'm a full capacity, okay, if I want to bring more clients in, I have to increase the price way more to compensate for the higher salary I want to pay my staff. With inflation going on, and at the same time, lower my churn rate, lower the clients that are leaving the firm, the good clients, okay? Because you can have the class leaving or you can fire your, your bad clients, either or. But you have class leaving every year. Now, what happens when you have churn rate, your average client per year, let's say is at $12,000 a year, but you have 10% leave every year, your average client is not 12000 anymore. Mm-hmm. It's 10000 Because if you have 10 clients come in at one twenty, at 12000 leave, now you're at, what, 108 average? Now your average client per year goes down because you churn rate at a certain percentage. Now, if your churn rate is going up, you have more clients leaving, and your average client is X amount, right? But that helps you also if you end up getting more staff that will compensate for the work that you want to do. If you want to go out and advertise, they will, okay, I can invest and I can pay for a client. I pay, I, I want to pay a thousand dollars for a client. Now I can go out and, and, and advertise and spend five, ten, twenty thousand a month to get more clients. Mm-hmm. That gives you an idea of how much I spend for a client. If you know your per year average. Yeah, this is really good. You talk about metrics. Let's actually get into the nitty gritty. So I'm going to drop a little information here from CPA Practice Advisor. They said that accounting firms saw a 9.1 median growth in revenue in 2022. So that's like the average top line. 9%. 9%. Listen, that's really good, I think, for the industry. But as we know it, like accountants are retiring. No one's filling their spot. The opportunity is really endless for new business. But what are the metrics or what are your biggest expenses? I know what my biggest expenses are. It's my staff. It's my software. And it's the money that I spend on my brand. What about you? It's, I would say my software, softwares and staff, obviously because expense in general. Now, I've been slowing down marketing just because of the staff issue. Mm-hmm. I can't handle more clients. And I spent last year on just Indeed and LinkedIn $12,000. Wow. This year. So I spent a lot of money this year on just Try to get good talent. It's um, really easy to spend money on staffing very quickly. I found just posting on Indeed and LinkedIn, I've had several recruiters reaching out to me, trying to send somebody my way. And then you ask what the fees are, and it's it's insane. How much did you ask me? $17,000, like upfront. And it's like upfront. Up front. I, I don't know. Is the talent? No, you know, if they bring somebody to me and they start, they want a piece of the pie right away. They want 20% right away. And it's what if this person doesn't work out? Like, 
I am not paying $20,000 for talent when I can try to weed it out on my own. I don't know. That's where I'm at right now. I may feel differently in a year or two from now, but like you spending $12,000 on LinkedIn and Indeed ads, like it's adding up to something close to that. Would you be willing to spend money on that? Like I, I thought about that also. Here's the dilemma is that I'm willing to pay the 20%. Okay, but here's what's happening in the past couple of years is that staff salary has, demand has increased so much. Mm-hmm. So a senior staff will get usually between 70 and 100,000 max. Okay, a senior staff that has five years experience on the verge of becoming a manager, you probably get them $100,000. But now you're getting three-year staff that want minimum $100,000. All right. So now you're overpaying in two years, two, in two years ahead. And they're not staying long. That's the problem. Mm-hmm, that's like if problem. you look at a lot of staff, one year, 16 months, 14 months. A lot of these months. resumes, like were, you know, six months here, eight months here, you know. Because they're jumping. They're doing another here. increase. Yeah. We want people who are going to be loyal. You know, going back to the book that I'm reading by Jim Collins, it's like, you want somebody who is going to have that work ethic and over just being able to produce or like you you want some loyalty. 100%. You want a first good one, you person. You bring somebody you know, bring out somebody you know, it's going to be a honeymoon the first three months. Okay. Now, if they stay for one year, they actually produced, been productive for seven, eight, seven, six, six, seven months. Because mm-hmm. you have three months honeymoon, and then they're productive next six months. And unless they're leaving after, after the end of the year, they're not productive the last month or two. Okay, so you're getting up for like five, six months maximum. So when you have in that, and you overpay them by 20, 30%, and then you pay in the, the recruiter 20%. So think about it. If I overpay in the senior account by $20,000, $30,000, and then I'm paying the, the, Recorded twenty thousand dollars. That's fifty thousand dollars overpayment, and they're only working for six, seven months productive. That means I'm losing at least hundred grand the first year. Mm-hmm. And if they're leaving, I'm losing way more money because my mm-hmm. time and oh, my so much and my time money. goes into training people. I'm- so that's why I think having the goal for next year, making sure what your revenue per client looks like, what your revenue per team looks like. Okay, and the standard, the churn rate, how many plant, plants are leaving, that will give you an idea what my price should be next year. Because if mm-hmm. you're gonna have the same prices as this year, with the staff shortages, you're not gonna survive. You're gonna have bad services, not quite high quality. You're gonna have where you're not you're in a position right now to choose your clients. You, you put more pressure on your staff, and the staff will leave eventually. Right, so you have to balance it out. Where, hey, I, I don't want to grow fifty percent next year. I want to go uh, grow fifty. Maybe, maybe I can grow fifty percent, but way higher average client. So now I can choose and pick. Okay, I want this is my price twenty thousand a year average. This is my price thirty thousand a year average. I think a lot of accounts are scared of charging a lot more prices, higher prices than what they've been charging. If you have a 
person, you charge them 300 bucks. You're underpaying them by, you're underpaying, you're undercharging by 600 bucks. Oh yeah, now, definitely. Especially if a client is, uh, especially if a client is, has a schedule E's and schedule C's. That's, I, I see it when I was at a, at a previous conference for a schedule E, schedule C in total, like six, 700 bucks. Way undercharged, way under. Absolutely. But you talk about revenue per client. But I think the thing that we're missing here is, you know, let's talk about the services also. Let's look at what we're providing them. Let's see what's something that's easier that we can provide them. And maybe just being able to communicate the services that you're providing to the client mm -hmm. in more detail makes them feel like it's okay to pay you more too. Hey, I have, I don't want to say unlimited communication with clients, but like I'm available through email to answer your questions mm -hmm. when you need them. Don't harass me, but I'm available. I send you a monthly update so that you know what's going on in the world. I'm going to be sending you monthly financials. Does your other accountant do that or are you getting them once a year? Like these little things, like it sounds ridiculous sometimes, but to be super clear about the service that you're providing, I'm going to have a 45 minute meeting with you every quarter, or every month or whatever it is. We're going to go through setting goals for you. I'm going to take into consideration your short-term goals and long-term goals, and we're going to help you get there. Something as simple as that, I think, can go a really long way, and we don't do that. I agree. I think communication clarity is something that we all need to work on. Make sure that we're communicating right to the client, being clear about what service we provide within the engagement, what they want and what they choose not to accept. Tax planning, tax compliance, are two separate things. Bookkeeping and consulting advisory are two, two separate things. Mm -hmm. If you want bookkeeping, fine. What do you put? But if you want advisory and, uh, and uh, consulting on the, on the on the business financials, certain KPIs you want to include, certain things you want to talk about, analysis, forecast, cash flow, those are separate services. So implementation and strategy also separate. So I just, I think you have a lot of experience in tax planning and you have so much knowledge in tax planning. You can, you've been doing this for so long that you learn this over time. To give it away just like that, also you have to put the price in it and not let them take it for free. I think that's important. And your pricing package, that's why you increase your prices by saying, hey, if you want compliance, okay, this is my compliance price only. Mm -hmm. But we're not doing it in tax savings and tax planning. But tax planning, that's what tax planning. That's my price for tax planning. No bookkeeping, okay, this is my price for bookkeeping. That. If you want advisory, okay, this is my advisory. Now, if the client wants the help, he will tell you, oh, I want, I want advisory, I want some help. You know, somebody sitting down with me on a monthly basis, talking about the business, the things we can work out, increase, decrease, all those different things. But you have to let them know that we offer that service, especially for clients that want it. If you're going to do only compliance, instead of engagement, and then they ask, call you every month, say, hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Oh, now yeah. You're, People you're, you're go down that rabbit hole. They end up throwing away so much of their time. They don't realize that they should be charging for these services. It's wild. But, I mean, we're going into the new year now. 
This is a fresh start for everybody, right? I think the moral of the story, if you're listening to us today, like make sure you're looking at your own books. Make sure you're looking at your clients. Make sure you're looking at their revenue. Make sure you're looking at your staff. Let's start the year right and, you know, set those goals, write them down. I think it's really important to actually write them down so you can hold yourself accountable because I write my goals down and I can go back into journals from several years ago. Sometimes I'll pull up one of my notebooks and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the goal that I set for myself in 2020. And I have far exceeded that. And it feels so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's it refreshing. And sometimes like we're stuck in a little rut. And it's- I used to have this, I guess, five journal, yes. five mm-hmm. minute journal. So I started doing this 2020. First wow. time. Yeah. June 26, 2020. And then, and this is the uh, first thing you put, uh, what, what you're grateful for, what would make today great, daily affirmation, three amazing things that happened today, and how could I make today even better, right? But my daily information was to produce hundred thousand a month. Right now, at that I'm at that level, and that took me three years. The one last thing I want to add to get to where you want to get, and and also increase your revenue per client overall, is add other revenue streams. So you're doing your bookkeeping, doing your, your tax planning, blah blah blah. What other things can you add without you working? Like for me, few things. R and D. I don't do R and D. Outsource it, but I get revenue from that. Cost retirement planning. I don't do that. I get percentage from that. Okay. Now, cost integration studies. Mm-hmm. I don't do it. I get percentage from that, and so on and so forth. So add revenue streams that you want to get within your clients. Now, obviously, you want to do it with integrity and for the benefits of, the, of your client. But if you can do this, if a client is watching, come to you and tells you, oh, I want to do some retirement planning and I want to do some cash bass plan, some pension plan, all those different things. Mm-hmm. Why not find the good person that you can trust, invest with, if you will invest personally with them. They say, hey, I can bring your clients. What kind of fee can, you, can I get from that? That will add to your revenue streams without you doing anything. Every, every year, you're getting some money out of it. R&D. Now, R&D used to be great. Now it's not less great, but we used to be great. I used to get, still, I get some class now I do every year R&D. I don't do much work. That could add another 100, 200 grand a year revenue without you doing much. That will be your vacation bonus or it can be anything you want to be. But focus on that also. Now I'm doing oil and gas. Your investment. I'm investing in oil and gas. If I get oil and, oil and gas plans, I'm getting a percentage. All these things that you want to add to your reservoir, to your services that for tax plan strategies, mainly you're getting money from something that you would do and help supplies at the end of the day, and you're getting a piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. And that will increase your revenue per month, revenue per client, revenue per year without you doing much work on that. Don't feel guilty for taking referral fees. That's basically 100%. 100%. Yeah, this is a great episode. And want to just end with make sure you're setting those goals and we can all meet them together. There's enough business out there for all of us. 
There's enough different types of services to share it together. We're all in this together. And thanks, Bilal, for sharing your insights. I think it was really important. Yeah, for sure. And uh, for all the listeners out there, keep grinding, keep working, and keep making money. It's a business under the day. Provide good services for, for a lot of people. And you're unique. I think CPAs and accountants, tax professionals are unique to what they do. And it's very difficult. It's not easy work. So have value for yourself and don't undercharge. It's important. Let's make it a great 2024. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. Want to stay connected with us beyond the podcast? You can find us on LinkedIn to keep the conversation going. Ask questions and stay updated on the latest in the accounting world. Head over there to share your greatest takeaway from today's conversation. We love to hear from you. 